brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. The bases dropped on a new edition of Soccer Down Here. And yes, I broke into Office HD. It happens sometimes. It happens. Uh, you know, when you're dealing with a complex right across from your window and they're doing construction starting early this morning and you would have liked to have slept in, you know, mm-hmm. you don't get to do that. No. You have to go escape so you can talk on the radio and then escape so you can do a show. It's been fun, fun day, fun, fun day already. Uh, Jared, how are you? There's no construction here. There was a four-year-old, but there's no construction. That could be construction, That's though. deconstruction. Uh, it depends. Could be both. And um, it, it has a habit of, at times, waking up, uh, thundering through the hall and kicking the door open like a SWAT team to say good morning. There's that, yes. <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's never a quiet, calm wake-up. No, no, I, I know how that goes as well. Um, we got a lot to talk about from last night. It is an overreaction Thursday, so if you have reactions, we will be taking them. As we go today, uh, we'll be talking about Champions League as well. We'll get into the rest of the MLS schedule because there's lots of things to talk about. Um, weird night. In a lot of ways, uh, weird night because I wasn't in the normal chair that I'm in at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I was in the other chair in the same booth, and Mike Conti wasn't in the same booth. He was in a different booth, and Jeff Lorenowitz was in my booth, and we were talking about the game. It was all really weird. Um, thanks for everybody who, who reached out and listened and, and had things to say about it. Um, I don't know how it sounded. I have no idea. Like It was a weird game. I would have loved a fairly normal flowing match not this jagged disjointed thing that went back and forth at different points and never really had much of a rhythm I think it would have made it a little bit easier uh, my first time on radio doing play-by-play but I think it went pretty well Um, on my end I wish it had gone a little bit better on the team's end I wish they'd been able to hold the lead a little bit longer I'm not gonna lie it felt like that goal was coming I mean, and Thoradinson is known for that and just absolutely unleashed a perfect left in the 90th, and you end up with 
shared results at the end of the day. And, and I mean, just, and I think uh, we were talking about it last night on Salty, and Jarrett and I were discussing it, and it seemed like the, the Santi Sosa uh, exit mm-hmm. was the catalyst in that, and you could see NYCFC pressuring, 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 and you could sense that the field was tilting and that moment was coming, and it ended up happening at, happening at the absolute last. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a bad foul by Amar Sadich. Uh, there's no need to commit the foul there. The free kick, uh, first off, do you have Icelandic knowledge of Gudmunder's last name pronunciation, or are you winging it? With Thoradinsson? Yeah. Well, yeah, I have family that's Norwegian. Can you tell uh, New York City that, please? <sighs> okay, I will. Yeah, yeah. It, it was given to us as Thoradinsson. Thoradinsson. I, I don't think is horrible. No. Like, it, it's in the ballpark yeah. and probably heavily anglicized. Yes. But- yeah, that's what we were given. Um, it's a great goal. Uh, there's just there's no way the goalkeeper can keep that out. Mm-mm. It's a foul. Yeah, Unc, I mean, it's a foul. Like, I can't really complain about the call. Um, you, you, there's no need to stab for the ball in that point. Uh, I, I thought the, the game changed in two, two phases, when Sosa had to come off and when Tylus Magno came on. Magno brought a ton of energy. Uh, what else stood out to you, Jarrett? Honestly, yeah. Like, um, here's the thing about it. We went over this last night. New York City is a team with their back against the wall. They're currently out of the playoff picture. They went from, God, were they in second place at one point or third place? I know they were third at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. At one point in the season, they were. New York City was, was rolling. And um, it, it's Ronnie Dyla style, man. I mean, it, there's going to be stretches where. Ronnie Dyla's teams look like they could beat anyone on any given moment, and there's going to be days where you're like, I don't know how this team scores a goal ever. But it's, it, it, it shifts in the sense that they are a desperate team that needs points. Like, this was a six-point game for them, and they rescue a point, but they made the changes that worked, and you combine those changes with Santi Sosa coming off, and it, I, don't, I don't mean it as a slight to Ibarra, and what he can be in the midfield, but Sosa was on a heater, and he has to come off. It's a perfect storm if you are New York City FC, where, hey, we got to make these changes to change the energy and tilt the game. Also, that guy who was playing really, really well and kind of, you know, being the metronome for Atlanta United has to come off because of an injury. This is the perfect opportunity for us, and then Atlanta just never really put them away, and... um to your point, I, it did feel like it was coming. It, even the free kicks, we talked about this after the game, like even the free kicks that weren't converted, that were closer to the end line, that are that dangerous free kick where somebody might get ahead on it, even those, there were two or three of those where like, this is, the door is being left open a little too much, and then you get the perfect spot for a free kick. That, yeah, Bregan's not saving that. Um, yeah. And it's, it's not that Brad's not saving it, no one's saving it. Yeah. Because you've got the wall there, and he, he puts it in a ball-sized hole in the upper 90, not unlike we saw Barco do a couple weeks ago at home. It's it there's it's hard to have a defense for a perfect free kick, but what you can do is not make those mistakes. Like, you know, not foul the guy when he's literally running away from the goal along the edge of the box looking to, get, looking to pick up a foul and create an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, he was just dribbling from left to right, trying to to find something in the play, and there really wasn't anything for him. He's going to the outside, to the outside of the box. I mean, if you just let him keep going that way, shepherd him out, there's nothing he can create. 
But, I mean, it's easy to say that. Looking at it from the outside, it's hard to to feel that in the game when you come on as a sub. Um, Ibotta and Sosa aren't the same player. You know, Sadich and Sosa aren't the same player. I mean, Sadich is a little bit closer to the way Santi Sosa plays. But even on a night, now I, I didn't think Santiago Sosa was playing at the best game of his life. I thought he was, was fine. I thought he was typical, um, which is very good. He's his presence is very important. He he's like a security blanket in there at times in that midfield, and I think he's a security blanket for that back three because you started to see when he came off, Alan Franco get more aggressive, stepping up into that space to try to make plays happen, uh, which was okay. It was working fine, but it just it works better the other way. Um, I see a lot of comments about Joseph and. You know, we I always say this, and I just want to you know remind you guys in some of these situations, like when we start trying to to guess somebody's feelings, you can't. Um, that's not a great game for Joseph to come into. You want to play him because he wants to play, but you're you're trying to protect a one nil lead there. You're not going to have a whole lot of the ball. There's not going to be a whole lot for him to do, and he's not somebody who's going to to defend a lot from a high position in that game. And I don't know how much he's able to do that actually right now physically. So, you know, it's not the best spot for him to be, but you get him some minutes that should help him in a week's time. I don't think there's anything to go on to say that he didn't want to come in. I mean, Jeff was saying that if Gonzalo Pineda doesn't put him in, he's not going to be able to look Joseph in the eye for, you know, a week. Joseph wants to play at all times, um, even in a situation like that where it doesn't really suit him. I, I just I always kind of caution the idea of questioning effort, questioning desire, questioning mood, because we don't know. We don't know what's going on, but we do know Joseph's not 100%, and he didn't look 100% last night, and it wasn't really a situation where it was easy for him to look 100%. Yeah, because you're coming into a match where you're trying to protect a lead and chase after that second and close it out, and, you know, it's – you're going to garner attention. doesn't matter when you come into a match as Joseph Martinez. You're going to garner attention from the defense. And so, you know, Joseph having to do two separate things, help protect the lead, and then also be what what you're anticipating him to be up top. It's, you know, it's having to do two separate things. And you could tell that uh, the, the back line of, of NYC – Knew it, Joseph. Joseph was Joseph. Okay, we have to protect against Joseph. So he wasn't going to get a whole lot of interaction with the ball, or if it was, he was going to get pounced on immediately. So it was uh, pretty much situation normal, except that happened starting in the 60th minute, as opposed to being from the beginning. And you had a one nil lead. You were trying to protect. Yeah, Emilio says it's the third game where subs came in and weird stuff happened. Uh, the the Conway one with Philadelphia. Said it yesterday. Um, I don't think Conway in Philly. I thought he was actually better in that game. Um, I don't remember anything negative from that. Uh, I don't know what the fourth would have been, Emilio. Um, not faulting anybody, Emilio says. I think in a salary cap league, we see that there's not quality backup. Made me think about Mo Adams again. Is he that deep down on the depth chart, for example? I think Sadich has passed him. Um, Ibarra has definitely passed him. Ibarra, I-, I think, is a potential... Uh, top player in MLS in, in that eight role, in a defensive kind of eight role. Um, I think Mo Adams, you know, has really struggled with injuries this year. He hasn't gotten back to where we started to see him going from his time with Atlanta United 2 after he first came over. I, I liked where he was headed. The injuries haven't allowed him to progress, and other people have passed him. So I, I don't think Mo Adams is anything different there dramatically. It, it's It's hard. I mean, you don't 
want to make a lot of changes in certain parts of the field if you can help it. Forwards, attacking players, wingers, you're going to change far more often. You don't want to change your six. You don't want to change your center backs. If you can help it, you don't want to ever change those spots in mid-game because you build up continuity. And Sosa coming out was just a big change that I don't really know of a team in this league that would have a comfortable starting level six sitting on the bench. And, I mean, to be perfectly honest, there's not many teams in the world who have that just ready to go. There's a handful who can buy you know two full 11-a-side teams and have them ready there, and it can loan a bunch of people out too. But there's not many. I mean, there are certain positions that are very important. And in the way that Atlanta United wants to play, that role that Sosa fulfills is critical. And when he's not there, it feels very, very different. It did earlier in the season when he missed a little bit of time. It did last night. And it hurt last night. And I think that leads to one of the reasons why the game tilted, Jared. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, it was... um. It's, it's one of the things that tilted also New York City is, like I said, um, and I don't, I don't mean to like simplify it down to this point, but playing like a desperate team because they are. You know, they, had, they made the changes, and, and Ronnie Dyla made good changes. Um, changed the energy of the game, brought on guys who made a difference for his team. He did what he had to do as a manager, and he did what you want to do if it's your team, which is, hey, we started out of the gates on fire. Um, I described it last night of like the first 15 minutes to me, Looked like a fighter who knew he couldn't go more than five rounds. Who was trying to get a knockout early? They didn't get it. They had opportunities. They didn't get it. Atlanta gets it because Marcelino Moreno is a wizard. And um, Luis, uh, Luis continues to just be stupid good. And Atlanta gets the goal and don't, doesn't kill it off completely. But it's should have killed it's, it off. It's frustrating. Yeah. Go ahead. Should have killed it off. That, that was yeah, the key absolutely. to me. That's the problem. Yeah. You should have killed it off, and you kept them in the game long enough where Ronnie Dyla sat there and looked at it. It's like, okay, what can I do because this game is still there for the taking? Well, Ronnie Dyla looked at where the table was and looked at how bad his team has been lately and said, I have to throw everything at the wall and see if anything sticks. Yes. And he found some Maybe things. five changes, and they worked. Yeah, I mean, and they were all like aggressive, and they really didn't fit a system or a pattern. It was literally get as many attacking players on the field as possible and see if they can make something happen. And he, he came up with a good one with Magno, who I, I thought brought the energy that was needed. I'll tell you who else I thought was really good. And, and you know, this is one where NYC does get a little bit fortunate when we talk about moving sixes around. So James Sands has to play in the back last night because of Maxime Cheneau being out suspended on yellow card accumulation. Alfredo Morales is the 31-year-old veteran of the German top flight and second division. He was anonymous last night. And they turned to a player who you know we've kind of forgotten about because of injury, uh, Gideon Zalalem, who came on. I thought he was outstanding when he came in for New York City, spraying the ball around, sitting, dropping between the center backs, really helping facilitate ball movement for New York City. And, and to have him, and again, he was in Sporting Kansas City and couldn't get on the field. Uh, he hasn't been the same since the knee injuries at Arsenal, but he was very good last night. It's the best I've seen him since his Arsenal days. And to have that, along with Magno, you know, a, a young designated player coming in late like that to bring a spark, that's nice to have when you're in desperate times. And New York City's still in desperate times. And that's what's crazy about the way everything played out. You know, walking off the field, you think, um, horrible, 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 points dropped, Atlanta's in a bad position. 
And then you see the other results, and it's like, all right, you're where you started. Now, there were opportunities to go further because of That's Orlando's results. It's not well, a disaster, but it's frustrating. Yeah, it's frustrating, but you also can't let it, you know, wreck you going forward. You know, it's it happens. You you got what I thought you'd get out of these two games in reverse. I thought a point in Toronto, I would have taken it if you offered it to me before kickoff because I expected a win at home. It reversed. You got four points out of these two. Okay. Could have been further up if you got six points out of the two, which could have, should have, would have. We know how that plays out. But you did get help in other games last night. Philadelphia couldn't go to Minnesota and win. Orlando couldn't win. They drew. So Atlanta's three points behind the two of them. Nashville drew for the fifth time in a row. So that second place spot is still hanging there open. And, you know, Atlanta wasn't punished in the table for not getting the win, but they didn't take advantage of the opportunity of not getting the win. Yeah, and, you know, when you're at this point of the season and you're doing all of that scoreboard watching and it's like, all right, so if this, then this – Yes, it's going to look once again like points were left on the table. You could have been at 45, one point behind Orlando City if you'd gotten the Duke last night, considering that Orlando City gets the, gets the draw. You you look at the, the folks who are north of the playoff bar last night, you're seeing a lot of Ds, and you're thinking, okay, there's there's something there. All the Ws are below you. All the Ds are above you. And right now, once again, we talked about it with Mike yesterday about the compression that we're seeing where the folks who are below the playoff bar, they're the ones who are winning and getting closer to the pack and the ones that are two through seven, nothing's really happening up here. And so you're getting that compression again. And Atlanta right now is that meat in the proverbial standing sandwich. Yeah, right now Nashville's on 49, Philadelphia on 46, Orlando on 46, Atlanta on 43. Montreal on 42, D.C. on 41, New York City on 41, but with one fewer win, so they're in eighth place. Red Bulls game in hand on 40. Columbus, with (laughs) their draw, stays alive. They're on 38, so three points back. And maybe rising from the dead, Miami, with a win, is still hanging around. And we talked about this on the full-time report. Miami beats Toronto last night. They get Cincinnati on the weekend. They have another opportunity to stack up three more points and build more momentum. And they could be, you know, five points behind Atlanta coming in on Wednesday in a game where all of a sudden they have a last sliver of life again. You know, you'd love if Cincinnati can take care of business and put them back and then maybe Miami comes in deflated. But there's a very good opportunity that Miami is riding a two-game winning streak and with the slimmest of slim chances still there. And you're talking at Miami at 38 points. You mentioned that they would be five behind Atlanta United. But three points going into the weekend, You know, not looking at any other mm-hmm. possible result, but you're three points out of a playoff spot. So there's there's right now there's a lot of stuff to play for after – a lot of folks had kicked dirt on Inter-Miami, and they've got that opportunity. The window is still open for them right now in 11th just because of everything that we've talked about where the jaws are closing in on each other. Well, maybe Phil Neville uh, putting Blaise Matuidi and Rodolfo Pizarro on the bench was the way to play yeah. that because he got a good result from the guys he did play last night. 
Uh, we'll get into overreactions. We'll get into some other things as well as we go. Uh, one bit of news this morning, Julian Nagelsmann has tested positive for COVID. He was not part of the coaching staff yesterday in Champions League. Uh, I think it was described as flu-like symptoms at that point. He does have a positive test. He'll be going back to Munich on a private plane separately from the team. And no update on Goretzka yet, who was also out with flu-like symptoms. And I have not seen any update on him yet. But uh, Caleb Porter missed the Columbus game last night um, after testing positive and I think getting those results on Tuesday before the team traveled. So this is just going to be part of the conversation the rest of the way and you know you cross your fingers that it's not going to affect this playoff race there's a very good chance that somebody in these playoff races in major league soccer is going to miss a player in a key moment it's just where we are with with covid and and everything going on so teams have to still be very very careful and protocols and testing and, and all of these things are going to be very very important going down the road uh, Mizano with a question. I mean, you want to talk oh, about? Sorry, go ahead, Jared. You want to talk about you know missing guys? Um, Jason, I don't know if you saw the update out of Columbus last night where they won Jossie Zardes, uh, possible MCL injury. They might not have Jossie Zardes going yeah. forward. And and if they're going to climb that ladder, they're going to need him because I, I think Miguel Barry's good luck is already gone. I, I just I, I don't know if he can be that guy the rest of the way and get them into the playoffs. Uh, Mizano with a question on something we talked about, Jarrett, as we were walking out of the bends last night. Bellows' chance uh, at the near post. He put it off the crossbar. Uh, Sean Johnson got the, a, a touch to it, and that made me feel a little bit better about the choice by Bellow because I didn't think Johnson got a touch to it. But he could have played it across to Lennon for a tap-in. Uh, Mizano in the moment didn't worry about the shot. Now it bugs him because it could have iced the game. It's hard. I mean, the the last part you don't know that at the time, so that doesn't factor into the decision. I do like. I was about to say, it's hard Bellow to live your life like that. It is. I mean, I, I understand. I understand hindsight, like feeling that way, completely understand. Yeah, but it's hard in the moment. Yeah, it's impossible in the moment. Like it doesn't go into the decision making in the moment. I'm good with the decision making in the moment of Bello to go to goal there because he should have scored. It was the. The best sequence for Kubo Torres of the night. And and Kubo wasn't bad. I mean, Kubo was Kubo, working hard. I thought he struggled at first to get control, but he contributed in some phases. He he almost had an assist that iced the game. Mm-hmm. And it was great work to play Bello in. I think Bello, you know, has blinders on a little bit there to go to goal. Um, I don't know if he saw Lennon. I was so zeroed in on Bello 1v1 that I, I wasn't looking for Lennon making that run either. So... I don't have a problem with the decision. You just have to bury it. And Johnson making a save does make you feel a little bit better about it, but still, you have to put that shot away. Yeah, and there have been uh, chances where you'd like for Bella to take a, uh, take a shot where he's coming in off of the left, and then he'll lay it back and let others do it, and then you have that moment like we saw in the 55th last night with Bella where you want him to bury those chances. And so... Uh, you know, great for for Bello to to want to sit there and take the initiative to try to bury it. Johnson does get the touch and everything, but you just want him to bury one of those to boost that confidence level for him to have him know in his skill set that that's there and he doesn't and it doesn't have to have any kind of a second thought when it comes to having that kind of an opportunity. He's got to start finding the back of the net yeah. on those situations, though. Yeah. yeah, that's then that's the thing I'm wondering about is if 
uh, without turning it into like a you know an ESPN morning talk show hot take show, is like I wonder if he's pressing in those moments no, because he's no, had. No. I wonder if he's had oppor- he's had opportunities this year to put in the back of that, and he he has not been efficient in doing so. So I'm I I wonder if he had that opportunity and he sees it as this is a chance. I've got to take this chance to get going because of what it can mean confidence wise and you know of course getting another goal on the board but he's had chances this year he probably should have four or five goals i thought in front of that it's something he's going to have to get better at but i don't mean it in the sense that he's pressing like he's like he's struggling and failing but i want i the blinders is i guess the best way to describe it to me is where but but this is an opportunity the blinders are a good thing in that situation though you want him to take that opportunity but you you need him to put those away you know, I, I don't want him to pass that opportunity up, but he's got to convert in those moments, and that's something that he has to to do more consistently. Um, Uncle, I, I didn't say this, and I want to be clear. Um, I did not excuse dropping points last night because of the win in Toronto. I, I didn't say that, well, you can do whatever you want last night because you won in Toronto. I said in the totality of the two games, you got four points, which is what I expected coming in. I just... I, I, I do at times because this has happened to me, and, and I, I'm not trying to be combative with you either, but I, I do want to be very clear in what I'm saying here because I've had things twisted out of form by certain people who like to try to create drama, and I don't want that to happen here in this. Um, it's not an excuse, but you are kind of in points where I thought you would be. And you can't gloom and doom over this. You do have a week. And I think having the extra time off is good because then it is a run of four games in Wednesday, weekend, Wednesday, weekend to finish this thing off. I'm glad you get to kind of rally after this. You can maybe let it kind of get out of your system a little bit. I think they have a couple days off first before they come back to training and then bounce back. If it had been in reverse, you're in a better position because if you get a draw in Toronto and get a win, you have momentum. You have to now create your momentum. But no, when I say that they got four points in two games, which is what I expected, it doesn't excuse dropping points here. I I have to be really, really clear. Um, But it also doesn't mean we run around in the streets screaming and and saying that everybody has to be fired either. I I think that needs to be understood too. Alex Bassine, one thing I've noticed about Araujo, he's still in that window where he's new and desperately trying to prove his worth and getting easily discouraged. I don't think he's getting discouraged. I would disagree with the last part, Alex, because I think he works so hard to win the ball back when he does lose it. I do think he's trying to prove his worth. I do think at times he needs to slow down. I think he he's so fast that at times let the game come to him a little bit or let the play develop a little bit. When he gets the space in front of him, he goes 100 miles an hour and kind of takes the space away by just going too fast for the play. But I don't see the discouragement from him. Um, his work to win the ball back last night really impressed me at different points. Yeah, the and we were talking about it on Salty, and the word that I used was pursuit, where you could sense that Atlanta United could jump a pass take advantage of a situation and there were a lot of times where you could see a pass for 
from one NYCFC player to another, and Atlanta United players were jumping into that passing lane and taking full advantage of those to try to create opportunities heading back the other way. And it was something that happened over and over and over again, and it was stunning at points for me that NYCFC hadn't figured out another way to do things where you've got Atlanta United just jumping in and trying to create chances. A lot of that happened last night. You saw Luis Arujo do that with his speed and, and his anticipation of, of, uh, of passing patterns. And, and I think that in looking at Aruju too, I think that he has a self-expectation. And, and I think that that rides into it as well, that if things don't go 100% right 100% of the time as the athlete that he is, then you're naturally going to show that you're upset about something. That's where I think that comes from. I mean, I, I don't know. Like I, I, When I see somebody getting discouraged or frustrated, I, I kind of think of them not playing. I kind of think of them shutting down. I thought Maxi Morales did that in the first half. Yeah quite a bit uh, after he didn't get a corner kick that I thought he should have got. I have no idea how Atlanta got a goal kick on the sequence that Morales complained about for, I think, a 12, 13 minutes. Um, and he got oh, yeah. He did. I'm amazed. He, I'm, I, was, I, was, I was wondering. Like, he's going to get, like, I don't know, man. He's going to get multiple cards if he doesn't shut the hell up. Yeah. I mean, it, it- every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was a bad call. I, I thought it was a corner for New York, but... yeah. It, but, it it did lead to a, a funny moment because uh, Jeff and I were laughing about first Morales, then he was getting help from Castellanos, and we turned it into the law firm because that is true. of those two arguing nonstop. Um, they did not win their argument, but they might have won some calls later because of their arguing. Uh, but it was a lot. Um, I thought Rubio Vasquez was fine. I, I know there was some griping about the referee uh, from some after the match. I didn't really have a problem with it. He got the big calls right. The the foul um, to lead to the goal, the the free kick and the goal was correct. I don't think he missed anything. There was a little bit in the second half when things really got fast paced that he, he kind of swallowed his whistle a bit, mm-hmm. but he did it both ways, so I can't really worry about it too much. Vasquez, I think, is one of the better ones in the league. He's one of the better younger ones for sure. Um, I thought he was fine. I, I didn't think he really factored into anything last night. There was one call that I wanted to ask about, and it was, and it centered around the initial discussion we were having about all the subs that Ronnie Dyla brought mm-hmm. in, the Talos Magno sub, mm-hmm. where uh, Magno draws the yellow on Miles in the 85th. I thought it's that, absolutely a yellow. Yeah, I mean that that to me was you know, great work by Magno in trying to draw a call from. No, he's not trying to draw a call. He's trying to nutmeg Miles Robinson, and he did, and Miles fouled him because he had to. Like it's that simple. Like there's no trying to draw anything. Tyler Magno didn't read the scouting report or care about the scouting report. He nutmegged Miles Robinson. I've never seen that happen. 
and Miles brought him down because uh-huh. he had to. Yes. And that's that's the that's the game. So no, nothing nothing wrong with that call at all. I think the the no penalty call on Moreno was correct. Yeah. I, had, I don't think there was enough there for a penalty. Um, that corner was probably the biggest Great. weird situation. What's up, Jared? No, I said I agreed. It's um, to me, it looked it was a it was a it was a situation where when when Marcy's in the box, like he the touch is a little heavy. He's not going to get to it. He feels a little bit of contact. Yeah. He goes down and yeah, try. There's a there's a little bit of contact. Try and go enough, down and get no, the penalty because at that enough. point your touch is taking you out of a dangerous situation. So yeah, it's what a lot of guys do. Don't yeah. don't read into it too. Yeah, much. yeah, it's just not enough to get the call. Yeah. Um, Strummer John hits on something that we talked about during the match. Um, someone has he says someone has to pass the ball to Lennon. It's like he's the ginger red redheaded stepchild, uh, ginger stepchild for this team. Um, some of it is down to the movement, and, and you got to remember last night was weird because you didn't have Ezekiel Barco, so the movement, the spacing was was very different. Um, I do think last night showed how important Ezekiel Barco is to this team's success in these last four games, but. It was interesting to watch Araujo and Moreno and where they ended up because a lot of times they ended up in similar places, which we hadn't seen as much of the season with overloads in one part of the field. And when it happened on the right side, it seemed like it was most effective, but it also left Lennon with nowhere to go. Uh, because when it happened on the right side, they were able to switch it over to the left and bring Bello into play. It didn't really go the other way. And then Araujo, I think, is he's still trying to find the spacing in this team. you got to remember, he played in a, a wing position in a 4-4-2 at Lille last year, which is not suited to him. Uh, he has a lot more de- of defensive responsibility playing in that role than he does here and then you want him to have. But this is a pretty free role, but he ends up in spaces that I don't think are the best for Lennon. Because when Araujo drops and drops deep and out wide, at that point, Lennon has to do something that he's not as comfortable with. He has to come inside. And it's not really something that he is comfortable doing. So they both have to kind of figure this out. Like, you notice on the left when Barco's in, Barco and Bello have a good relationship. They understand each other pretty well. They feed off of one another. Araujo and Lennon don't have that yet. And and Araujo is what eight games in, nine games in. Yeah. So I, I understand it, but it hasn't happened yet. And I think it's something that Gonzalo Pineda is going to have to find a way to deal with. I don't think you're going to be able to solve it necessarily, but find a way to deal with it to get the best out of the group because it hasn't clicked yet. No, and I think that you know when you're Luis Araujo and you're used to to being in places and doing things it's your old job you, you kind of drift toward those ideas and then you're creating these collisions I guess for lack of a better word where you got folks doing the same things in the same space and it's just and once again with time you anticipate that that relationship and knowing what one guy's going to do against the other's thought pattern that will come with time but you're having to do it on the fly because you're in the middle of a, of a playoff race. Yeah. Um, Jason Nix, you're very salty this morning. That, that show was taped last night. Um, Got to get that out of your system, my friend. I, I don't think the birthday yeah, cakes are a problem. Sometimes it just carries over. Yeah, it does. And, you know, I blame you guys for your salty takeaways <laughs> on that. But the, I, I don't think the birthday cakes have any effect on this other than being positive. Yeah. And when you think back to where things were before there were birthday cakes being smashed into people's faces and all of the doom and gloom with 
everybody not happy with Gabriel Heinze and training and all these things, I'll take some birthday cakes getting smashed. But no, birthday cakes are not being done, being smashed at the expense of working hard on the field in tactical sessions and in training sessions. No so. more decorating of office space either. Yeah, I, I, we need to be careful about that too. Um, it's good. Yeah, it, it, he's kidding. I know, and I'm, I'm kidding too, Jason. Um, it, it, I have seen people gripe about it after after bad results, which is a little ridiculous. Mm. Um, it, it's just, you know, it, it's something fun, and I, I think it shows the big difference in this group. And, I mean, I was asked about it. I jumped on, on the, the NYC pregame show on their Facebook and Twitter page with Glenn Crooks and Maddie Lawrence, and uh, Maddie was asking about, you know, how Atlanta avoids having clicks uh, because, you know, you have a lot of South Americans, you've got a bunch of American guys, you've got some different groups of people here that, yeah, you're going to hang out in your, your click. It's how any team is. One of the ways that I think Gonzalo Pineda, you know, kind of brings that together is stuff like that, that is silly and fun, but brings everybody together. And you see Joseph smacking people as hard as he can after the birthday cake gets smashed in their face. You got Gonzalo pretty good in that last one. Um, it's just part of that team vibe fun stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's not something to overthink. Um, okay, what else we got here? Uh, I'm scrolling through trying to catch up. Uh, Uncle, I'm with you. I thought Alan Franco was really good last night. And if, if it had held at 1-0, he was my man of the match. Um, I, I love his game. And he does seem to be prone for one big mistake a game. I think now he's got it down to maybe one big mistake every couple of games, which is progress. I'll take it. But I'll take the the attitude he brings on the field. I'll I'll, I'll make up for the mistake with that. I'll 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 take that risk. Um it was a little bit of what I was talking about with somebody about Sergio Dest with the national team. Like, yeah, he's going to make some mistakes defensively. He's going to get caught occasionally, but you want him on the field to score the goal that he did. Alan Franco will make some mistakes, and he often makes up for them himself, but he will also bring things to the table that are much needed. You can't take him out of this team. And for the third choice of center back that Atlanta was going out to recruit this season, they hit on a pretty good one in Alan Franco. He's been better than I expected this far. Yeah, and once again, someone who has grown into that role. You know, Obviously, you're parachuting into a situation. It's going to take time to adjust, and I know that he was driving people crazy-er, when he was first starting, and now that he's grown into the role, grown into the position, and we're seeing what we're seeing, he's been one of the great pickups this season to integrate into what you were looking for Atlanta United to be, and especially to have that kind of stability at the back that can do a couple of different things than having Alan Franco. Yes, I know he drives people crazy, but I think that a lot of good I think a lot of good players, regardless of what sport we're talking about, they're going to drive you crazy, especially if they're associated with their with your favorite club. Yeah, I mean, it, it happens. I, I seem to remember these things being said about a former player who wore number five here in Atlanta uh, with the initials of LGP. Mm-hmm. Very similar kind of player, I think. Um, Jarrett, your thoughts on Alan Franco last night? He continues to play well. I mean, yeah, he's going to make like, you know, that one, maybe two mistakes a game. Uh, not unlike that certain number five was capable of doing. Um, but Alan Franco has been good. Like, I I think if, at this point, I think if you're, I think if you're upset with him, I think you're looking for something, honestly. Um, yeah. I mean, he's been, he's been solid. Yeah. 
he'll make a mistake, and it happens, and yeah. players do. You you want him to limit those. I He's think not it's a getting better. Here, no, no, let's, I don't have let's that. Put feel that to bed in case people are on that train. Yeah, I don't have that feel about him. I don't have that feel about Alan Franco at all. Uh, Winter Wind says, "Have I just missed some news along the way, or has something happened with Jackson Conway? With so little playing time for either the first or second team this year, has this season really slowed his development?" No, I, I see that's the problem, and this is the thing that comes up when we talk about young players. I don't think there's anything that the season did to slow his development. I think his development just has been slow, which happens. Um, he hasn't been good enough to get more playing time with the first team. He hasn't taken advantage of the opportunities that he's gotten consistently. He has not taken advantage when he did get opportunities with the second team either. So he's in the spot that he's in. Um that's part of development. He's got to fight through that. You got to remember, too, that he has had injuries over the last few years. And, and I, I wonder if this was the kind of adjustment year for him a little bit to the getting back to who he really is, his full physical health. He's been training. You know, we don't see training. So, I mean, I'm assuming that he's not winning the job in training either because I don't think he's winning it there and not getting played. Um, it just happens sometimes. A lot of young players have years like this where it's not a straight line in going up in their development. Sometimes there's a sometimes there's a plateau and it doesn't go back up. Sometimes there is a plateau and then it there is another rise. I think Conway has the ability for there to be another rise, but he's got to continue to work through it. I, there's no news. It, it, he just hasn't earned more time this year, period. And I don't think he was in a situation where it's just go play him with the twos because he doesn't have that experience. He's had that experience. Yeah. There, there's nothing else he's going to gain other than sharpness there. It's just not going to happen. And that's, and that's the point that I would make is that Jackson has had, what, over 30 appearances, I think, for the twos over time. And what else do you gain from that? Your game has grown to a certain point, and all you would be doing with your time in USL Championship is just getting reps. You know, is yeah. that's just Which it's, is, it sometimes is okay, right? But it's just it's game game fitness and game sharpness, and we talk about that too. And I think that you're looking for Jackson Conway to make that next step to be ready for the next level in whatever form that takes. And I think that that's just what we're looking at with, with Jackson is it and sometimes and we're going through the same thing with Joseph when it comes to injuries. Injuries take time to get you back to full song and we don't know where he is in that road too. Yeah, I I'm not sure. Um he just hasn't done enough this year and I hope that's a motivator for him to do more next year. Because I mean as we saw in that Philadelphia game, there are more things that go into playing forward at the next level other than just scoring goals. And I think we saw some of that from Kubo Torres last night and what he brought to the table. Jackson's just gotta continue to to add the rest of his game in and be better and be more impactful. Uh Jason I go do ahead, wonder if he's I do wonder if he is kind of on the table as a guy you consider loaning out next year yeah depending I, on I how the is. roster looks i mean get him get him an opportunity where he's going to be able to play you know once or twice a week with god i don't know with somebody uh get him somewhere to play but you know it, it's even at the end of the season this year for the twos like uh, as the twos dropped their their last game of the season last night you're trying to see with the twos at the end of the season you're trying to see 
you know, of the guys who were on second team contracts, you're trying to see who are you going to keep around for next year? Yeah. Who of these young guys out of the academy are stepping up and who's going to be who's going to be one to watch and who, who's going to need to be pushed next year to see, hey, who do we need to look at to see if we need to grab them before they go to college or if they still need some time for college? Like you've got a lot of decisions to make with yeah. that second team. And it's going to be tricky to get guys like him reps consistently because you've got so many things getting worked on down the second team. Yeah, I mean, Conway's under contract for next year and some other guys you have to make decisions on. So, late. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The year that factors in, too. Uh, Jason Nick says, was really disappointed with how we started. We didn't really do much until the goal. We've got to come out of the locker room at home with more fire. I, I didn't think it was a lack of fire. I thought New York City was just really good early. Yeah. Their pressing was really strong early and very disruptive. Um, I didn't see that coming. I, I did not expect that. I The goal was against the run of play. It, no question it's against the run of play. But I, I didn't have like I, of course you want them to play better don't 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 misunderstand me but i didn't think it was a lack of fire i thought new york city was just better coming out of the locker room and and had a better first 15 minutes no question and i know that you know you got the pressure from nyc and i know that uh you had and i really you could take it to the the 15 minute mark where nyc had that transition off of the quick goal kick and, and had their, their opportunity there. And that seemed – that was like the, the last moment of that first push that we saw from NYC. Then Atlanta United gets the goal against the run of play. But, yeah, that first 15 minutes, NYCFC was on the front foot completely. And you saw Atlanta United trying to work their way out of their own defensive third, but they couldn't quite do it. I, I give them a lot of credit for that start. Uh, Byrne says Rubio Vasquez missed giving a yellow card to Moreno for the dive. I, I thought there was enough contact for it not to be a yellow. And if – if you're going to consistently give a yellow for people going down the penalty area and not getting cards, okay. I've seen far more egregious ones than that. I thought there was enough enough of a challenge there for, okay, it's not a penalty. You leave it at that. If that's his biggest mistake, I'll take that. If that and the corner are his biggest mistake, I'll take that. Uh, Thin Plot chiming in. What's up? Um, I didn't know you were still with us. Uh, still see some debate about Hosatu. Is he good or not? I keep leaning to good. I've always felt he's good. I think it's just a matter of him getting, I think, up to speed with this group. And I think we've kind of figured out in these last few games that he's an eight. Uh, I think he's an eight who can get forward, but he's an eight. Um, I don't think he's a true 10. I don't think he's a, exactly a six either, um, but maybe could do more of that than be a 10. Uh, I think he's really good on the ball. I mean, the numbers back it up. 
I think he passes the eye test with that. I mean, um, I'm hearing more and more the whispers and people are afraid of saying it. And I understand because I think I said it once and everybody wanted to dunk on me for a while. Hosechu has a lot of Darlington Nagby qualities in him. Uh, he doesn't give the ball away cheaply. He's good in tight spaces. He gets you out of trouble. He's one of those guys that'll pass at about 92%. Um, that's among the league leaders. He's really good. Uh a lot of times it's quiet, too. I mean, he was 94% passing last night, three missed passes. He created two chances last night, which is a little bit more than usual. Uh, he was even good on the dribble last night, five of seven, which is not typically what we see from him. But I think he took advantage, maybe more than anybody, of the space without Barco in. He stepped up more and took advantage of some of that and, and combined really well with our Oju on the right side, where Lennon might have been kind of the, the one left out of that scenario. I thought Hosechu and Araujo combined really well on that right side. And Mateus is important. I mean, obviously, Gonzalo Pineda really likes him. And I think he's the first choice. I mean, I think the rest of the way, and I don't know if this is the way next year, but I think the rest of the way, we'll see the three center backs and we'll see Sosa and Hosechu as the foundation of the team, that five, to try to give five attackers, including the wingbacks, the opportunity to go. And, you know, for, for me, in looking at the, the body of work that we're seeing from Mateus Osechu, it's because he works in quiet that he doesn't get a lot of attention. It's, it's almost like, you know, we talk about offensive linemen in, college, or in, in football, where the only time we talk about it is when they make a mistake. Because Mateus Osechu does his job as well as he does, you look at the numbers at the end of the night and you go, oh, but that's normal in what we're seeing from him is this this solid play and it's just it's very very solid is probably and I don't mean that to be pedantic in any way it's just it's very successful in what he does in the role that they have found for him to do so I you know you look at the numbers and I didn't know that the numbers were 49 and 52 last night when it came to passing but that's but yeah and that's the thing this is what he does so this is what we're used to seeing or uh, you know this is what we're anticipating seeing from him in this role that we're seeing here so by the end of the night when you look at these numbers it's not a surprise that he was as effective as he was yep it's just what he does uh Jared, I'm going to get your thoughts on this one first because I think you know how I feel. Uh, Burned, the, Burned yeah. is going with the hot take of the morning. And, and are you about to leave us, Jared, or, or what? Yeah, yeah, let's wrap with this for okay. me. Okay. Uh, Burned is with the hot take of the morning. Um, Marcelino Moreno drives me crazy. I know that's not popular on this platform, and yes, he has the high technical ability, but his decision-making and tactical awareness are not elite. He plays like he is on a team of plumbers, and he is the only skilled one. That's not Atlanta United. Your thoughts? I appreciate a good hot take this early in the morning. It warms <laughs> me up along with my tea. I'll listen to the rain fall out the window. Uh, I mean, Marcelino Moreno is insanely talented. He's going to he's going to try stuff. The technical term that we also applied to P.T. Martinez, I think, at times, and mm-hmm. people didn't love. And uh, uh, Luis does the same thing, by the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Luis has that J.R. Smith gene that both of them had, too, of, hey, I'm open, I'm shooting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Luis has got it in a different way. Yeah. New York kind of gave him some chances last night. New York got really narrow at the back at times. And there were, there was once or twice where Luis got like in on attack and the center backs just kept dropping and dropping and dropping. And I kept waiting for him to just try and like put his foot through the ball. 
because he's prone to do that. Uh, I mean, I, I like Luis, or uh, excuse me, Marcelino. I'm getting my Latin players mixed up now. It's that kind of morning. I mean, you're not even getting in the same language, Jerry. We got Portuguese no, and, man. and Brazilian. Oh, and, uh, Jesus. And Spanish Ask me how lost I was last night during post game when, uh, you know, uh, Gonzalo Pineda speaks first mm-hmm. and answers a couple questions in Spanish. It's such a violently different world from you know, like the early years of Tata Martino with that Rosario, almost Italian-like, sing-songy way he would speak, where it's just so casual and slow and just rhythmic, and Pineda's just flying through it. And then Teo Sassetu sits down, and buddy, I had heard Portuguese, Brazilian Portuguese, in a minute. It was bad. Like I was like, nope. <laughs> Nope, just, just gonna trust the translator. I, I was. I can, I can pick up enough to be like yeah, not I'm, completely I'm lost when uh, the Argentine players speak. No, yes. not heard Brazilian Portuguese in a long time, and I never knew it even when I heard it. It, so, it nope. was lovely to broadcast uh, Mateus Hosatu's uh, dulcet tones oh, over yeah. 92.9 The game last night. Yeah, that was. Uh, but cool. it was it was amazing. Uh, but as far as Marcelino Moreno goes, yeah, he's he is. A, he is a player who's going to go out there and going to go and go to try stuff, and I think it works best when you have a guy like Barco with him, who he can play off of, who is going to be also a guy who is going to drift and find the spaces and find the moments of creativity, and they can both kind of go, "Hey, what if we tried A, B, and X?" Yeah, let's try A, B, and X. Um, it's going to be a question because we talked about if Barco leaves this off season, and I think he might, he should, uh, because the way the contract should probably be structured. Who do you bring in to replace him? Because and there's there's players all over this continent and other continents. There's seven to choose from. Assuming you want to get someone out of Antarctica, uh, I don't not. think you do. Um, but I'm very curious how they do that to to complement Marcelino Moreno. Because as much as we talk about you know you want to give guys to Joseph who can feed him the ball and yeah. Uh, by the way, Brooks uh, Brooks Lennon still good at feeding the ball. Um, good at crossing. Uh, that hasn't been the issue, um, and that's that's a that's a diversion for another day. Yeah, that's a whole different diversion. Leaning left to right, um, but I'm gonna be curious how they how they balance this next year of bringing in somebody who complements Marcelino Moreno because I think he's the kind of guy who can be here for a long time. And if he drives you mad, we may we may have to get you fitted for a straight jacket because I think it's gonna be a while. But that's, that's the, okay. But that's the thing with artists, though. These are, these are folks that don't color inside the lines all the time. And when you understand that they that artists are thinking outside the box, they're not thinking in a straight line. They always they're gonna if if Arujo has an opening, he's gonna take it. If Marcelina Moreno thinks a sombrero is the best way to get around somebody, he's gonna do it. Yes, that's gonna drive you crazy, but that's also a part of what makes them successful. Uh, the, the most important thing about what Burns said to me is I, I think he's accurate at the end. He said he plays like he's on a team of plumbers and he's the only skilled one that's not Atlanta United. But that was Lanus. That was the team that he came from. And that was also the, I think, embraced style that he has grown up in. He's been here for a little over a year now. And last year was kind of like plumbing at times. Mm-hmm. So he's been in a team where he can express himself and play in this way really for a couple of months. Because even in the the Gabriel Heinze system, where he had more freedom and he had talent around him, it wasn't like it was free. Yeah. He, he still had to be in certain spots. The positional play was, was too rigid from Heinze. So 
now he's in a place where he can be free. He's got to build those connections. I, I do agree. His decision-making does need to improve. Um, I think his technical skill is off the charts. It's better than I expected by a lot. Um, his tactical awareness and, and his like combination play, yes, it can be better. Uh, but I think it's fair for him to be where he is right now. You've got him, you've got Araujo, you've got Barco, who are different shades of a similar kind of player. And they have to find some common ground. And I think when they have, it's looked really, really good. They haven't done it consistently because, really, they haven't played together consistently for very long. So give Marcelino time. I I, I think what he makes up for in that decision-making and tactical awareness, he makes up for it with his guts. He makes up for it with his hustle. Um, he makes up for it with just his, I think, attitude on the field. So he's not a, a negative in any stretch for me. Um, hopefully he doesn't drive you as crazy. And hopefully those elements of his game do improve with more time playing in a team like this because Lanus was not that team. I mean, he, he had to do a lot of these kind of things at Lanus, but also these kind of things are very encouraged in that style of play in Argentina. It's what he grew up with, the the, the gambetta, the dribbling, playing in that way. And you don't have that other places. So that's the situation. Um, Jarrett, we need to let you go, I assume, unless you want to hang out with us until Nico joins. No, I'm going to, I'm going to go. Um, okay. Well then bye. Sorry. Yeah. Well, be that way. Then. Be rude. I'm going to go celebrate about Dim caps. Dope. You're gonna Vancouver do... going to push LAFC out of the playoffs uh... and I'm going to laugh my ass off. Uh, go celebrate with the Cal Chultras. Okay. Oh, have a grand time having picked that one right to make up for the fact that I thought Philadelphia could actually go into Minnesota and win a game. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Jared. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. All right, that's Jared leaving. Let's get our video back up and we'll get Nico to join us here shortly as we reconnect to everything. If it wants to, it might not. We'll try again. And, yeah, again, working a little remotely here. There we go. Now we're back. There you go. Um, we shrunk, but, you know. Interesting. We, we do what we can do around here, all right? It's one of those days. Uh, it was a long day yesterday. And speaking of which, John, we need to take care of some bidness. B-I-D-N-E-S-S. Um, yes, that's how you spell it around here. Mm-hmm. So why don't you tell us about Toka Football right about now? Question. Do you have a young soccer player in your family? Have you ever considered private instruction with a professional instructor to take your player's game to the next level? Here's how you can do it. Toka Football has four, one, two, three, four indoor soccer training centers in the Atlanta area. Our trainers utilize innovative technology and a fun environment to help improve your skill and decision making. Give Toka Football a try. How do you do it, you may ask? Here's how. SDH is partnering with TOCA to offer our listeners an opportunity to check out their revolutionary and fun TOCA soccer training method for... Zero. Book your... Gratis. ...session now with the promo code DH. DH is your promo code. Go to tocafootball.com backslash program backslash... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver... 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. T-O-C-A dash training. TokaFootball.com backslash program backslash Toka dash training or go to SoccerDownHere.net and go to the click-through banner on the website and get your favorite player to their next level now. Okay. Now, use the promo code DH at TokaFootball.com. Do you want to talk about Eliminize? I think we can talk about Eliminize. Why don't we talk about Eliminize? They're one of our new sponsors. Yes. Eliminize Service. These guys scare the hell out of odor mo- molecules. Yes, they do. That sounds, you know, really scientific, Eliminize. You know, it, it sounds like a, a Halloween movie or something. Yeah, I'm sure you've been in a couple of those. There's some evil Johns out there for sure. Uh, but this is very scientific. Eliminize service helps realtors and property managers eliminize bad odors so they can sell or rent quicker, knowing odor won't be a problem for the next owner or tenant. So what's about the, the whole science thing? So they get rid of odors down to the molecule while being kind to the environment. It's a green way to scrub the air in enclosed areas. They can even use it for cars, RVs, and other vehicles that, well, kind of stink. Yeah, so uh, no tricks, uh, just a lot of treats here, yeah? That is correct. Eliminize Service has a great treat on their website. You can find out more about them at www.eliminize.com slash Atlanta. Again, www.eliminize.com slash Atlanta for odor-free, clean, fresh air. E-L-I-M-I-N-I-Z-E dot com slash Atlanta for our friends at Eliminize to help you or someone that you may know who has an issue with said odors. Yes, you can recommend them. That's always good to recommended. We we like when that happens. Um, Airborne DJ says, "Did I miss something? Don't we still have Almada coming in in January?" Uh, Tom, here's what you missed: South American soccer is insane, mm-hmm. and what is said will happen in six months might not happen. I, I don't know. I haven't heard anything else about it. Um, but I make no guarantees of anything that's being reported about. Yeah, he's coming in January. It's possible. It's possible he doesn't. It's possible that other things happen. It's possible that somebody comes in with a bigger offer. Uh, everything is on the table, as is usual, when it comes to Argentina and South America. So I I, I put no 100% stock in it until it actually happens, and he's holding up the jersey. A always, B, B, C, closing. Always be closing. Always be closing. Get them to sign on the line, which is well, dotted. But you can't. But that's the thing, John. Like You can't close this Mm-mm. because you are filled up with designated player spots. And if you could sign him to a young designated player, the the young money initiative thing, then you could do that, but you have to do it in January. Yep. 
So we don't know if they can close it or not, or if they had to wait to close it, or if he didn't want to come yet. Like we don't know all the details yet. So I don't think it's not been, it hasn't been closed. We just don't know where it stands. Right. And it could change. So it, like it absolutely could happen, Tom. It might not happen. Reporting gets weird sometimes. Expect anything, anticipate everything. Basically, yeah. Uh, Martha says, I keep waiting for a deadly duo to arise. Two players who just click with each other, who are fluid, intuitive of each other's moves. I know that doesn't come along very often, but don't feel like we have a duo on our team. Like two, when they are moving together, you just know something beautiful is going to happen. A lot of individual skill on our team that sometimes clicks, but never but never something I can expect. Um, I mean, that stuff takes time. And you weren't really seeing as much of that in the first half of the season. So you're really starting from Rob and then Gonzalo's time running the team. And then you're adding Araujo. And he's, I don't think, in double-digit games yet. So uh, it, it's, it just hasn't happened yet. It doesn't mean it can't. It just hasn't. I, I don't need, like, one duo. I want like partnerships on the field. I think Barco and Bello have a good partnership and good understanding on the left when Barco flares that way. Um, I think Barco and Moreno have a pretty good understanding of one another. I, I think Joseph has a pretty good understanding with players in that triumvirate around like Barco. Um, but there can be better ones. Like you don't really have the one on the right side with Lennon. I think Lennon and Araujo haven't found chemistry yet. It, you know, and when you make changes, then it gets really tricky. You know, when it's Ibarra in for somebody instead of Hosetsu, he plays very differently. So Hosetsu and Araujo, I think, is a good duo. I think they have a good connection. Um, probably being Brazilian helps a little yes. bit. Same language. They've probably been buddy-buddy since Luis arrived. That helps. But, yeah, that's where it stands. Um, okay, we've got some stuff on Twitter we want to hit, too. Uh Ragamuffin says, can we talk about defending? 31 fouls in the match last night per ESPN, and we think they don't call enough fouls. At what point can we stop complaining about the refs and demand better defending? I I guess Ragamuffin is talking about just everything in total, um, about better defending. Like, I didn't... I I don't think numbers necessarily tell you everything, because I didn't think there was, like, two bad defending teams on the field. I thought the game just played out the way it played out it honestly didn't feel like there were 31 fouls no it didn't um it didn't feel like it was disjointed in that way uh maybe that led to it i don't know i fouls don't necessarily go with bad defending all the time i don't think that's it um one thing about mls though that i, I think ragamuffin might be hinting at is look in a cap league you're going to spend more on offense and you're going to spend on defense that's just a reality uh if you're going to drop $15 million on a player, you're probably going to drop that on a player who's going to score goals and get you headlines and, and get pictures in the paper and highlights on TV as opposed to a great defender who is not going to be noticed in that way. Yeah. So in a cap league, you're just going to spend more on offense. So the league's tilted towards offense. I I don't think the the number of fouls is always because of bad defending. I do think there is an acknowledgement of that's okay in how you defend. And I hope that changes, but in a cap league, I don't, you can demand better defending, but you're not going to get a team that's going to drop 15 million on a center back, as opposed to a guy who's scoring goals or creating goals. You're just not, you're you're going to have strategic fouling. You're going to have, you know, fouling that happens in sequences. So that, you know, I think that a, a number has to be given inside the context 
of game state in a situation like that. It didn't feel like there were 31 last night. And so, you know, when you look at that number, you sit there and go, wow, okay, there were 31, there were 31 fouls last night. Once again, it didn't feel like that kind of a game to me yeah. where it was stop, you know, foul, stop, restart fouls. You know, it didn't seem like it was that jagged to me because of that reason. Yeah, it didn't. I mean, it was a it was just a weird game in terms of flow, but I didn't put it down to fouls or or, or that reason. I don't know. It's a it's a strange one. It's one that I still don't completely have my head around. Maybe because I was doing a different role and it just felt different entirely. It just had a weird feel to me. Um, Shiva says, "I want to know why did we stop the attack and lose control? We were holding on to a one nil lead versus getting two nil. That's not how we play, right?" Was it just New York subs that put us in this position, and why was Luis subbed? I, I think. I mean, I guess this is an easy reaction in in times where you have to defend. I, I don't think Atlanta chose to defend. Um, I think they had to. I, I think the New York City subs did force reactions to be more defensive, but I don't think Atlanta sat back to not try to get the second goal. As we talked about, I thought the beginning of the second half, they had opportunities. The Bellow opportunity should have put the game away. And then we're not having this conversation. But I don't think there was a, like, park the bus moment. I didn't get that sense at all. I think the biggest issue with all of that is the Sosa sub at the 69th minute. And, And that's where the control was lost because you lost your anchor in the midfield. And when Araujo's pulled at the 81st, that is, in my opinion, directly down to how the game had tilted because New York City was controlling the middle of the field. It didn't make sense to have Araujo wide in those moments. You needed another central midfielder. Bringing on Sadich, I think, was the play. Sadich made a mistake, commits the foul, and the free kick goes against you. Of course, hindsight's twenty twenty and all that, but... That sub was a reaction to the way the game had tilted. I think the game tilted because of the Sosa injury more than any decision to not attack. It's 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 easy to, to jump to that conclusion. I just think we have to be careful at times not to assume that, hey, the other team's playing too, and they're making things happen that you have to react to. You can't just put the blinkers on and, and act like you know the other team doesn't exist. It's just about us. It's not how a match plays out. No, and I think that that the Aruju sub, because you're trying to hang on with 10 minutes to go to a one-goal lead, it makes sense to make that defensive substitution at that point to shore up your flanks to make sure that you can try to protect yourself and get out the door with full points. Even though you didn't, you know where that's coming from in that last eight, where that in that last 10 minutes or however many minutes when you see a, a substitution like that. That, for me, was protecting your lead and making sure that you could try to get out the door with full points. Uh, Airborne DJ said, I, I thought everything with Almada was agreed and he just couldn't get his visa in time for the summer window. That was reported in, in different places. Um, I don't know, again, if that is 100% accurate. It was coming from people who I, I would trust. But I don't know if you could have got him and Araujo, which some people have said there's no way that's possible. It's it, it's it's no, not going to happen. But the way it was reporting, kind of, if, if the reporting is what Tom read and, and what I did see in places, that it was just the visa issue, they couldn't get it done in time, then they could have done both. And then that would lead you to think that Almada coming has nothing to do with Barco going. It is about the Young Money Initiative and him coming in at a salary that would be at the max of that that's allowed and, and all that. So I, I don't know. Um, 
it's just I never those kinds of moves when they happen like that. I never just assume. Oh yeah, he's coming in January. He he absolutely could, but I I don't know. I, I just I I don't count that one until it's there yet. I just I, I always wait for somebody to come in and say, oh, they were going to offer this. We'll give you more and we'll take him. Yeah, because that's how it can go now that he's not an Atlanta United player. Nature of the business for me until something is done, especially with how crazy windows could be and how crazy certain. Uh, nations and regions are when it comes to how they want to negotiate and sending players from point A to point B. Until something is in the barn, it's just talk. Yeah, I think so. Um, Sabo comes in and says, talking about Christmas, I'm not sure what would be the best Christmas present this year. I need more time to think about it. Only out is not the case. Right now it's not, I guess. I don't know. It probably still is. Um, it's probably the same as it ever was. Uh, I think people were counting on Ole being fired by now at one point yesterday, yeah. and then that turned <laughs> yeah. kind of quick yeah. the other way. Because that's what's been happening with Ole in these situations. Um, I think it's in the same place as it has been. I don't think anything's changed. They get a late winner from Cristiano Ronaldo, and they they survive again after a bad start in that game. Mm. They come back from 2-0 down to win 3-2, and Ole's back in. Mm-hmm. And just wait till the weekend, and they play Liverpool, and then he'll be out again. Of course. That's just how it will go. Um, I don't. I, I have no idea. At this point, I don't know. I, I just put my hands up on it. Um, Emilio says, with Barco moving on, what do we do with the money from the sale? You got to have somebody to come in with the money first because there haven't been any rumors that I have heard or seen about it. I do wonder his contract length and status and, and what the plan is. If he's going into the last year of his deal, I would assume that it is that conversation of do we re up or do we sell? Um, and then if we can't get the number we want to sell for, are you willing to re up? Because we don't want to let you walk on a free. Like, that is going to be a juggling act. And I haven't heard any rumors about where he could go. He could go to Newcastle. You know, they have money. They're linked with everybody. So we'll link him with Barco. Sure. Sure. There you go. Might as well. Um, But I I don't know. So, again, until the money's there, it's hard to say. Because, I mean, if he goes, you have a designated player spot. If, it's a lot of ifs, but if Almada comes in as a young money initiative player, not a designated player... Then you have a DP to think about. And then you start to think, okay, you have Joseph, and what is Joseph in 2022? You have Araujo for a full season. You have Moreno for a full season. With Joseph in that attack, do you want a Barco-esque player, or do you want something different to go in? And then what other moves could happen? We, we have heard talk about Bello. We have heard talk about Robinson. Do you have to go out into the market there, and do you go into those markets with a designated player, or do you play George Campbell and Caleb Wiley, or maybe Andrew Gutman, who could come back as the left back? Maybe Gutman and Wiley combining time. Like You've got a lot of different pieces that could go into it, but I, I don't know, just because we haven't heard any rumors about Barco, you know, is, is he going to get that interest and get that deal? Somebody's got to come pay the money first. Yes, that, that would be a good thing. So someone who pays the money first instead of, you know, sit there. But no, and that's the thing about this particular offseason. When we get there, whenever that is, there are a lot of interesting questions that are going to be attached to Atlanta United with a lot of players and, and the moving parts that are associated with it. So, you know, just understand that this is going to be coming. Just we don't know we what think. For, yeah. we, Well, I, I actually, no, I, I 
I can't say that understand Barco's. Well, no, I'm sold just talking about in general all the conversations going to be coming about all these different. Yeah, people. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not focused on that stuff right now, to no. be perfectly honest. Because Let's get through you the got, season first. You got four games. You're trying to get into the postseason. That will come very quick, and there will have to be decisions made very quickly. Um, I don't know exactly what they're going to be yet. I, I don't know who's out of contract either. That's the other thing that I always wonder about. You know, when we start getting into that conversation, is who's out of contract that has to be re-signed or you're going to let walk or you have an option on, you have to make a decision and that option number could be very large, larger than you want to pay and all of the yada, yada, yada with mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, Ragamuffin coming back about the defending. Yeah. I mean, Sadich made a mistake. Uh, I don't think there was a lot of mistakes in defending last night that led to fouls. The Sadich one absolutely is. There's no need to to lunge in at that point because he's got him going in the direction he wants. The Robinson one, he's beat. He he has to to do what he did. Um, trying to think of any other specifically. Uh, the Morales yellow card or should have been yellow card for them um, was a bad foul, but I don't think it was bad defending. He got beat on the dribble and fouled him from behind. Uh, fouled Moreno from behind, so that's all I got on that. Um, okay, other stuff. Uh, Airborne DJ, hopefully the Almada deal still happens. I like Tiago Almada a lot. I think he would be an interesting one with that group because um, he is a different player than Barco. I mean, God, if you're adding him and Barco's still here next year, grief, <laughs> my head's going to explode. Um craziness that would be wild uh we got about 10 minutes before nico moreno joins us we're gonna have to cut it just a little bit before 11 o'clock today because uh both john and i and nico actually all of us have things to do right at 11 so we're, we're all a little swamped for time um uncle no pockets and uh, again uncle like I, I think sometimes we we just go back and forth just because it's how it is uncles as we subbed in two defensive midfielders we definitely played to hold on we needed mulraney to keep moving forward Again, you're leaving part of what I set out. The Sosa injury changed the game for Atlanta. I think that's what made Atlanta have to defend and supplement that part of the field more than a decision to be defensive. I don't think you can sub on Mulraney at that point because you're getting overrun in the central midfield. Um, I would like to know what the plan would have been if Sosa didn't have to come off. Then I think you had the opportunity to bring on Mulraney and go for it. I don't think you had it once Sosa had to come off. That's an important part of it for me. Maybe it's not. Maybe it has nothing to do with it. You know, again, it wouldn't be the first time if I'm wrong. Uh, but I think that changed the game more than a decision to just sit and defend. I, I just I try to be clear with with my points. Sometimes I, I don't want to. I, I I try. I guess at times, like I don't know. I don't even know what to say anymore. Um, I, I think at times when I when I go into detail, people take it a different way. I just want to be very clear in why I feel the way that I do. I feel in this case, it was not a coaching decision to drop and defend and park the bus and be defensive. It was a reaction to losing Sosa and the game tilting away from Atlanta, where if you don't do that, you're going to give up the goal. I know you gave up the goal anyway, but you can't predict that. You're trying not to do that. I think the Sosa injury was what precipitated everything. Yeah. And that's that's, my opinion. Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I think that, when you lose that 
fulcrum, when you lose that stability, when you lose that centerpiece, then you're trying to figure out how to make the pieces fit when you don't have that impact player right there. And I think that things things change. NYCFC took advantage of it and you know continued to to work to that uh, game, that eventual game time goal at that point. Uh, Ricky Ricardo says, "What's your prognosis for the state of Texas for soccer? All three Texas teams officially eliminated from the playoffs. Should probably just eliminate the whole state from soccer, right? Just just kick them all out. No more soccer it. for you, Texas. Just eliminate it. It has nothing to do with anything. I mean, the the state has nothing to do with it. Austin was an expansion team. They should have been eliminated. Um, they they are an expansion team that didn't spend crazy money in their first expansion year, so they kind of are what they are." Houston has been built poorly, and the general manager lost his job because of it. Um, Dallas, I thought, was poorly coached this year, and the coach lost his job because of it. I don't think any of those have to do with Texas. I I think it's just the situation that the three teams in that state dealt with. Uh, I expect next year Houston with new ownership and a new GM to be a team to watch. Um, Dallas will always be a team to pay attention to because of the young talent they're developing, but they've got to get – their recruitment right from outside of the league, from outside of the academy. And Austin just has to build on this. Yeah. I think they just have to continue building. And you know, I always wondered if putting Josh Wolf into the situation was the right way to play it because he hasn't been a head coach before. I know he's pretty testy last night yeah. after getting questioned about things. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand his frustration because I think at times people are going at him way too much when you just have to look at the team and look at the talent and look at the teams they're playing. There's a gap. Austin is a longer build expansion team, so to expect them to be playing at the same level as top teams in the conference, it's not going to happen. Mm-mm. No, and that's the the thing I think that gets lost a lot of the time is that folks are looking for that instantaneous result, and Austin wasn't or and isn't constructed in that manner. They're constructed to be gradually improving and gradually getting to to whatever they're anticipating full song to be when it comes to their franchise. It takes time, but unfortunately folks are looking for that instantaneous result. But I mean, and honestly, if you you look at Austin, they've won more games than Houston. They've won more games than Dallas. They've won more games in Cincinnati. They've won more games than Toronto this year. So, And I, I know it's all relative because everybody's still at the bottom of the table, but still there are things that you can look at and build from, but it is a build. It's not just parachuting into a situation and sitting there and saying, hi, we're here, and we're going to be you know, fantastic and eligible for everything. Yeah, I think, Ricky, I was playing off of the vibe when Austin came in. People were saying, well, why is Austin coming in? Because you already have two teams in Texas that aren't packing their stadiums, and Austin and Houston and Frisco have nothing to do with one another. It's just three teams in one state. So the way that they play, I mean, it's just it's three teams in different situations. I I don't think there's really anything to to draw from it other than just they need a better coach in Dallas. They need better recruitment there, too, but they just need a lot of better things in Houston because that team has been run poorly for a while. I don't know if they need a new coach. That's the one I'm not sure on with Houston. And Austin just needs time. That's all. Um, Just the way it worked out this year. Uh, Uncle, again, like I I know you're not trying to be combative, but I'm I'm trying to be clear, too, and I'm not trying to be combative. Um, I know, and you're right, a a defensive midfielder in for a defensive midfielder should take care of the midfield coverage. But it didn't. That's the point. Like It didn't. So you had to make another sub to get in another player to try to make up for the the absence of, of Sosa. 
So that was why it went the way that it did, in my opinion. Like, yes, it it could have. I should have is maybe a little harsh because he bought her as a different player. Like he's not going to sit as much. You're asking Hosechi to do that. Like it, it, it does change the dynamic, but that was the intention with that sub and it didn't. And in the minutes between Sosa coming off and Sadich coming on, the game tilted to New York city. So I think at that point you had to be pragmatic in bringing on somebody to try to fix the problem and the problem was central midfield. So it, it, that's that's why I, that's why I try to go into detail in this stuff, and instead of uh, of just no or yes, and and I, I want you to explain like or I want you to understand the way that I'm seeing it and the way I'm thinking about it, because I understand what you're saying about yeah, you don't want to be defensive at home and and just try to hold on to a one nil lead. I, I totally agree with you. I, I think this is a team that should always want the second goal, but the 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 activities that happened last night, I think you had to go in that direction because of what was transpiring. So you have to get away from where you'd like to be and have to try to put duct tape on it and fix it. And I think the Sadich sub was duct tape on something that was falling apart in that central midfield because the first move that you had to make because of the injury didn't work out to fix it. So you had to try to put more duct tape on it. That's That's just to go in totality of the conversation at the heart of it. No, I don't think they should sit and defend one nil leads. And I'm not asking for that at all. I think the way last night worked, the subs were the correct subs because of the way the game was playing out. And I, I hope that's clear. I'm not trying to be combative at all. And I know you're not either, but I'm, I'm trying to be very clear in the way I'm explaining it. Um, Burns says the real issue is that Sadich is basically third, fourth string defensive midfielder behind Sosa, behind Ibarra, possibly Adams, made an inexperienced mistake against a talented offensive player. I'd even go a little bit further because I don't think Ibarra and Sosa do the same thing. And and you you tried, in my opinion, in that move to bring on Ibarra, to bring on more activity, to break things up in the, the midfield, have Hosechu be the Sosa, the rock, have Ibarra be a more combative Hosechu, and it didn't work. So then you brought on Sadich, who I think is maybe, he is lower down on the depth chart, but he's closer to the way that Sosa plays, and it still didn't work. Sosa's that important, I, I think, is what I learned from it last night. Um, let's see, anything else I can get to really quick before we get Nico on as I scroll through, um, no info on Sosa's injury, Martha. It didn't sound serious. Like I didn't get that impression from like a knock. Pineda. Yeah. I thought it was like a knock. Um, I think there had been some issue with a toe at some point in training. So I, I don't expect him to be out for any period of time. Um, I didn't even notice he was injured at first initially. Like I didn't see it. So that's, I hope, a good sign that he'll be back and, and he'll be back quickly because he's very, very important. Mm-hmm. Very, very important. All right, let's uh, get Mateo on the line working remotely and see if he can get Nico Moreno for us. Try to add him to this conversation, see what he thought about the Seattle Sounders in Colorado and what he thinks about the table out west, especially with the surging Vancouver Whitecaps, <laughs> which uh, I called a long time ago, and then they fired their coach, and I thought it was a bad call, and now I'm thinking it's a good call. 
Uh, but we'll get into that. Um, we'll get into the Eastern Conference as well. All those things as Nico uh, continues to get his coffee prepared and comes into the conversation to hang out with us as John pounds on his keyboard, which is loud for me even sitting right here. Well, it's crazy. I mean, normally I mute off. Yeah, it's things loud. <laughs> well, I mean, I could actually, I could really do it at normal speed if you want. Well, that's not good either. Like you need to louder. Type well, you need to learn how to type first off. Well, fine. That would be helpful. Take the keyboard and put it in my lap. No, it's okay. It's okay. Let's go ahead and finish it. We're still waiting on Nico. You can go ahead and pound on the keyboard. Go ahead and pound on the keyboard in my lap. Yeah. Let's see. Nico must be uh, getting that coffee ready. Yeah, really? And there he is. What's up, Nico? Hey, hey. What's going on, guys? How are you guys doing? We are good. We are good. It was a, a, a crazy night at the Benz last night with a late dramatic equalizer from New York City, 1-1. Um, got home just in time to watch Vancouver go full crazy whitecaps and, and get a win. And uh, It was a wild night in MLS. It was a crazy night. I love it. That midweek. Uh... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Action was on point. I got to tell you. Uh, it, that's why I got here the uh, 24 ounce cup of coffee. Ask. I will be uh, putting a picture. Uh, I literally had to just get a travel mug to just put my stuff on because I needed it, man. Uh, I went back. I looked at some games. Uh, because uh, I wanted to see the whole Vancouver game, which was was amazing. I didn't get to see the whole thing from the start, so I had to go back, take it back. Uh, same as Galaxy game, I wanted to see that one. Um, watch uh, the, the LAFC. So, man, I think I might have gone to sleep <laughs> about one thirty last night. Jeez, I know you you made sure to watch the Chicago Cincinnati game too, because oh, yeah. that was a big one. Oh man, I, I I did not watch that one. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it might have been one of the better games of the night with four uh, three for Chicago chaos. Miami with another game that didn't matter too much, although Miami stays alive. Three nil. Um, New England got their win three two over DC in a game that had five second half goals. Orlando Montreal with a draw. Nashville Columbus with a draw. So the Eastern Conference didn't really change all that much in the table. Atlanta had an opportunity to climb. Wasn't able to take advantage of it. Out West, what do you think about Seattle and Colorado? Man, that was a, a disappointing game. Uh, I thought that uh, Seattle uh, looked um, out of sorts at times. They uh, looked a little flat. Uh, defensively, I'm not used to seeing them struggle uh, to come back on transition. I thought that they gave up um, – 
too many fouls near uh, their own area. Um, I know that Nico Benesset is a very good and smart player with the ball, but sometimes without the ball, he can tend to leave a lot of open space. Uh, so I thought Colorado, I, I mean, Colorado didn't dominate. I'm not saying that. I just thought that Colorado seemed to be more in control of what they had planned and executed that within uh, th those perimeters. And, and Seattle just couldn't quite get it. Uh, it was good to see the adjustments that uh, Brian made. Uh, Leo Chu comes in and um, he makes a difference. Uh, he's a young player that can definitely give Seattle a spark. And he did that playing more to how he used to play in Brazil, uh, all the way on the left side. Uh, the assignment seemed to be just get to the end line, cross the ball. He did that well. He ends up getting that cross onto Christian Roldan, who, although he had a... Uh, average game or, or, or decent game. I didn't think he was amazing uh, yesterday. Uh, he does get that goal. So um, I think they rescued the tie and, and that's important. Uh, after the the goal comes in off that corner kick and uh, in a set piece that, man, uh, you got to give credit to Colorado and the way Baji just attacks the ball and uh, completely out just beats out Yamar, who not a lot of players can do that and I asked coach about that um, he just gave credit to Colorado because I thought maybe there was a breakdown I think that Yamar does get cut off guard by when the shot comes off mm -hmm. going back and kind of rewinding that play uh, but you know all around not the greatest result but uh, it's always good to get a tie it's always good to know that you can come back and uh, now you got sporting Kansas City uh, it's just going to be about getting your players to recover, to forget about what just happened, and just focus on Kansas City. But, you know, you mentioned Leo Chu, and, and I think that it's key to the discussion about teams that are at the top of their respective tables. They're always going to find ways to get results, whether it's salvaging a point, getting three points, it's the depth of the roster, it's what you've seen from Tacoma this year when you had 72 guys on the injured list coming into a match and you still end up with a result. And I think it, it speaks a lot to the individuals that you bring up through your system, but at the same time your scouting system sits there and looks at guys from the outside that can fit what you're doing, and you're seeing it from folks that those from outside the Western Conference may sit there and have a, that question mark bubble over their head like, who? But when you look at what you're seeing from guys like Chu, it fits what you're trying to do, and that's one of the reasons that you're on top in the West if you're Seattle. It's, what, it's all of that stuff that you've scouted to assemble this group. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, and and you, it's not an easy game, and this is like I I love fans getting uh, real agitated and passionate about the game, but you got to see that it's not an easy game. It's at Colorado, uh, you are playing with, 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 in short rest. You're having to uh, maybe play some players that have gotten a lot of minutes, like Joe Paulo and you know Atencio and and even Freddie. Uh, just you know, it was a difficult game, and. and Colorado is going to bring it to you. Barrios is a player that's going to keep you on your toes and, 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 and really make things difficult for you. Uh, in set pieces, Colorado is always great. So 
yes, uh, that mentality, that ability, that, that that DNA to just salvage a game like you just said it, when things aren't going your way and uh, your players are not at their best at that particular moment, just being able to come up with a tie, I think is big. And, um, you know, that's part of that, that, that mentality here in Seattle. So uh, uh, the Western Conference definitely had some great games and, and, and some position changes. So uh, Seattle can always benefit of being able to at least get that one point. I need some explanations, Nico, about the West because I, I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> uh, Portland looked like the best team on the field in the West for a little while. They made a great run. They were in fourth. They looked like a team that could win the conference in the postseason. Now they've lost back-to-back, and LA Galaxy, Minnesota, Vancouver have won back-to-back, and it's the LA Galaxy looking like the Galaxy at the beginning of the season, not the one in the middle that was awful, and Minnesota is looking kind of competent again? Like, I'm really confused. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it's great to see, but, man, it's, it's just uh... – this uh, amazing uh, end to the race. I mean, I like this. I, I mean, it's it's amazing. And yes, you're right. Uh, Portland uh, had eight games when they were undefeated. Then they lose to the LA Galaxy. They lose again yesterday. I was able to talk to Gio Savarese yesterday. Extremely frustrated with how they allowed mm-hmm. Vancouver to get back in this game after being up 2-0. Yeah. Uh, they literally had the ability to control this game. I thought uh, uh, Jimmy Chara had a good game. Asprilla, Mr. October, absolutely doing what he does and, and, and just uh, being that component that when other pieces aren't quite there, he can uh, produce and he does that. I'll, definitely, uh, I was concerned about how Gio Savarese expressed that um, Sebastian Blanco had a calf injury mm-hmm. and he had to pull him off and then bring in Santiago Moreno. We know how important Blanco is to this team. We know he obviously ha- had injuries and, and you know it, it could be a, a game changer for them. Because Santiago Moreno is so young and yes, he's very talented, but I still think he needs to get acclimated to the league. And yesterday he did some good things, but there were also some times when you were like, uh, He's just not quite there. Yeah. So I think Portland will be a, a, a tough team in the playoffs as long as they can stay healthy. Um, but it's important. Giovanni Savarez is a fantastic coach. Uh, he held his team accountable yesterday. And, and I think they'll figure it out. But, but it is good to see. LAFC is another team it's that you him. thought mm-hmm. that, you know, they were done. And now uh, Arango just puts on a cape and just gives you hat-trick after hat-trick. And, you know, he, he's one of the top scorers in this league in on, in 11 games. I mean, uh, the team just looks good. And and uh, they were able to get a result. Uh, and, and, and I thought they, they played well. So, yeah, man, it's just a little bit of everything in, in, the, in the West. And you look at the, the grouping now after last night timbers have lost two in a row galaxy minnesota vancouver storming the gates rsl now below the playoff line lafc once again we don't know which one of these teams we're going to get right now we're getting the one that's won two in a row so you've got six teams separated by six points chasing after the playoff spots and honestly if you want to cut it in half you could sit there and say okay lafc is only three points out of seventh 
but the late charge by Vancouver has put them in seventh and knocked RSL down. I mean, this is this run in in the West as we're talking. Obviously, we'll talk about the the East too. But the run in in the West is borderline crazy now with only a handful of matches to go. Yeah, and you know, R RSL is a, a team that has just founded uh, uh, under Pablo and. It, they just are able to just get points, so they're right there. I honestly feel like LAFC has the the firepower to get in, and I still, like you guys know, and, and regardless of what I said at the beginning of the season, Minnesota is very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to be able to finish it off. Vancouver has a tough schedule to finish off the season, uh, but I do feel like uh, because of the talent and how exciting they've been to just watch overall. I mean, Kaiseido yesterday was fantastic. And then um, I thought it was a very good read by the coach to bring in Dahomey and White. And he just made the right substitutions. And whenever a coach can just move their chess pieces that way and create and affect the game in a certain way, they get all of my respect. So uh, th- th- there's a lot going on right for Vancouver. Um, so, yeah, it- it's going to be a-, a race to the very end, man. But um, LA Galaxy also surprising. I know Houston is not an amazing team, but they were coming off a good win over Seattle. I thought that they created some chances and the LA Galaxy were able to <laughs> – they got a little bit of luck on their side, I thought, yesterday because Darwin Quintero looked really good. But Oriuti couldn't really finish him the way they yeah. maybe did against Seattle. Man, we have had so, that theory before with Maxi Oriuti. Like everything but the finish <laughs> for his whole career in MLS, <laughs> everywhere he's been. Absolutely. So, man, the West is just fun to see. The the top three spots, you know, those are kind of locked down. But from from fourth down, man, there's there could be a lot of movement, man. And and I'm just excited to see it. I mean, Portland also has a difficult end of the uh, schedule for them. They go at Colorado, then they play San Jose. could be kind of a tough team to really figure out at times. RSL, um, Austin, who should be easy, but, you know, it, it it's not the easiest schedule for them. So they're going to have to really play it out, and, and, and Gio has to revamp this team once again because they have to go back to that month of September when they were so – elite i want to go back to minnesota really quick because i did not think they would make the playoffs and right now they're in a good spot to do that but you have rail salt lake with a game in hand you have lafc surging you have vancouver doing what they're doing minnesota finishes the year by hosting lafc this weekend they Mm -hmm. go to vancouver on the 27th they host sporting on Halloween and they go to LA Galaxy on decision day. That's pretty brutal in the run in for the loons. Oh yeah, that, that that's tough. And that's why they're they're the team that I'm looking at that could very easily fall off. Yeah. And that win against Philadelphia was huge. If, if they don't get those points, because they rescued that game, uh they would have been in a real tough spot. Uh, but because they were able to get that, they're, they're now in a position where they can manage their own future. But I'm with you. I think LAFC is trending forward, upward. I think Vancouver is trending upward. 
Sporting Kansas City, Sporting Kansas City, they're not going to want to give up uh, and they're not going to, uh, you know, lay off the, the gas for anybody. And then LA Galaxy, the same thing, man. So, uh, yeah, that's a difficult part of the schedule. Uh, I could see them, you know, finishing with, you know, maybe a couple of losses and, and a couple of ties. I really don't see them winning any of these last four games, to be honest. Uh, yesterday wasn't the best game for, for Minnesota. They were able to do it off of some pressures. Uh, Reynoso and his ability to just create. Uh, Lod came in, and, and he, he was a game changer as well. Puts in that goal that, that, that helps them out. But, um, yeah, I, I think Minnesota will struggle to finish off. If I, if I was a betting man, I would bet you that Minnesota will not make the playoffs. Yeah, I think you're in the you're in the majority in that. And you know, we we look at what's happening this weekend, and you know, we've kind of separated the top three from four through nine, basically for the chase for this week. But next time out of the blocks this weekend, it's Sporting at Seattle. Sporting and Colorado both at 52 points. Seattle's at 58, and so okay, so let's see if Sporting can uh, shake things off where it's, you know, with them it's the extremes. They're either, you know, losing or winning. There's no in-between for them in their last five, three wins and two losses. But Sporting has an opportunity here to go to Lumen and close the gap a little bit more with this match in hand. I mean, it's going to be an interesting weekend for you there. Oh, absolutely. It it will definitely be that. Um, I think Seattle – at home has had Sporting Kansas City's number. Um, talking to Brian yesterday, he kind of mentioned that the game plan was going to be very similar to when they beat this team a couple of weeks ago. They really haven't changed that much. Um, and, and you hit it right on. I mean, Sporting Kansas City, there's no gray areas. They're either going to be real good or they're not going to be very good at all. It, it's it, it's kind of a, a gamble at times. So, uh, they've had a couple of, of, of wins here lately. Uh, they did lose to Vancouver, obviously, but they're always a team to watch. Um, but it, it should be a fun weekend overall. I mean, I, I'm just looking at that at that schedule and the, the games that are coming up <laughs> this weekend, and it could really move the standings real, real quick. And, and Seattle cannot lay off the gas either. They, they have no. to do mm-hmm. – everything to make sure that they keep on top they keep the home field advantage with their grade at home uh and they're just waiting to get nico back jordan morris is back in training uh in full training he looks real good he looks hungry uh and any every time that jordan comes back from injury man he gets it real yeah quick. he so, does yeah so, so seattle could really be uh, you know if they're able to stay up top of the of the West and, and they get Nicolas Odero back and all these pieces, whoo! I mean, I, I just put a tweet out not too long ago. With Seattle completely healthy, whew, that just makes every team in the MLS just nervous. All right, we need your help. We're going to get you to help us guess what the Eastern Conference table <laughs> looks like at the end of the weekend because Atlanta United doesn't play this weekend. Then they have four games in the remaining game windows so we need to try to look at where atlanta will be after the weekend no no no, no, no. leave it there leave it there go what are you john what are you doing go back to the game there we go thank you um columbus hosting the red bulls what result do you see in that because it kind of feels like it's not exactly an elimination game because i don't think either team's out if they lose columbus has a really hard road if they lose it but 
they're both on the outside, but both, in my opinion, could make the playoffs. Hmm. I could see a tither. I was going to say, when you, when you said, hmm, that sounded like a draw. Yeah, I, it, it really does, because Columbus has been so inconsistent, and, and the Red Bulls, uh, they are a, a little bit like uh, those, what well, we just talked about, a team like Sporting Kansas City, that they can be real good or they can be real bad. Um, they obviously don't concede a lot of goals, so they can stay in games, and, and they get a lot of small results. Uh, but I just haven't seen enough out of Columbus to believe that they're going to go in and, and be able to break down New York um, the way you need to to beat this team. So I, I think you get a tie result out of this one. Okay. New York City and D.C. at Yankee that's Stadium. A, that's a good one. And, and New York's another team that I scratched my head yeah. on on with with that roster. And look, I know they lost Tenderholm and – and Dave, uh, he's he's a huge part of huge. why New York is so good. Um, but I can see them winning this game. Uh, okay. Yesterday, uh, Atlanta was able to absorb the pressure of the first twenty minutes that they kind of put him under, and yeah. some uh, situations in the back line coming off the back where he could have ended in some goals. Uh, and Atlanta was pretty fortunate that that wasn't the case. Uh, and then Atlanta just took over. I, I thought they, they they bounced back well from the beginning of that game. But I think New York City can figure it out against D.C. and and get a win. And that's just because of the talent that they have. And I know D.C. is not easy. And they're actually a more disciplined team than New York City. But I'm going to go ahead and go with the talent on this one. Okay. So that would put New York City to 44 points. Philadelphia hosting Nashville is a really interesting game with both teams coming in. Uh, Philly after the bad loss in Minnesota, giving up some bad goals. Nashville, five straight draws. I mean, is it a draw in, in Chester? No Mukhtar either. No Mukhtar for Nashville in this one. So that, that limits them even more on the road. Yeah, that's their creative player. That's yeah. the difference maker up top. He, he's the one that kind of uh, moves the strands and, and, and gives them uh, – Gives them that edge. Uh, so, um, uh, Philadelphia coming off a tough result here. Um, I thought Montero played well. Um, but I'm going to go with, with a six-consecutive draw for Nashville. That's what I'm thinking. I think Nashville locks it down because Philly could go into second if they win because they'd have the win tiebreaker on Nashville. Uh, Montreal has to go to Toronto. Teams can, can lock it down like Nashville. Not yeah, a lot of teams can make you want to pull out your hair and yep. just so give up on the game like Nashville way. can. 16 draws out of 30. That's what Nashville does well. Montreal has to go to Toronto. Uh, Toronto had a nice little run. Then Atlanta went there and beat them. Then Toronto went to Fort Lauderdale and got blitzed last night. Can Montreal go and beat Toronto at BMO Field? Mm, this two inconsistent teams. Um, and how interested is Toronto I, now? I, I love the way that you said they got blitzed. That, that, that's they, good because they, they did. They, they got blitzed. stumped on. Um, yeah. Um, I think Montreal can pull the win off at Vinmo. I, I, I really do. Uh, especially after seeing how bad they were last night. Yeah. Uh, it, it's concerning uh, for me that Toronto, uh, especially in the midfield, are so passive 
uh, and I think that's that's a good word to define their their midfield. It's just passive, and um, I think that in that instance, if they allow Montreal to get comfortable and really pin them back, they're gonna have a lot of problems. And and if I had to go with it, I think Montreal does win this game. Yeah. And and I think that they they deserve a win. They've been, you know, they've had really good sparks across the season. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take Montreal on that one. Okay. Orlando hosting New England on Sunday in Central Florida. What happens here? Does New England go down and win, or does Orlando add more points to their total? Oh, man, that's a tough one. And that's a good one, man. I know. I mean, it's an happy against arenas. I mean, that 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 is that is a good, good game to watch. Uh, um. Man, you have to go with the hot hand here. And look, I know that Bruce is already thinking about playoffs and he's told you a thousand times that he's not worried about the shield and all of this stuff. But look, I know Bruce well enough to know that he's going to show you something with the left hand and he's got a whole other thing going uh-huh. with the right. He wants that trophy. He wants that trophy. They're, he's saying what, what the Bruce Arena type coach is going to tell you. But he, he needs that trophy. I, I think that it would be a waste to not get it. So um, I'm going to go with New England on this one. Uh, I think Orlando, uh, it's really limited to up top. Um, DK just, oh, man, he, he's so hot and cold. And uh, without uh, Nani, the, the team just doesn't look as powerful. Um so, yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and just go with the hot hand on this one and say New England will take the three points. Okay. So what Nico is telling us is at the end of the weekend in the Eastern Conference, I think I've got it all, will look like this. New England on 72 points, mm-hmm. Nashville on 50, yep. Philadelphia on 47, Orlando on 46, New York City on 44, no, Montreal on 45. Right. New York City on 44, Atlanta on 43 in 7th, and then D.C. would be next on 41. With Red Bulls, they'd be even on points. So actually, D.C. would be ahead on goal difference slightly. Um, Columbus would be on 39, and that's what it would look like. And that's going to give us all a lot of heartburn. Thank you, Nico. Well, and then does Inter beat Cincinnati to take it to 38. Uh, yeah. Do you think Miami beat Cincinnati in Fort Lauderdale? Absolutely. Yeah. Just absolutely. more chaos. Uh, Thanks, Nico. That takes it to 38. <laughs> and that brings uh, Miami on a winning streak to Atlanta. I think next in Wednesday. Fort Lauderdale and Cincinnati is a team that uh, I can't really trust. You know, despite them getting themselves some results, I get it. But I, I think Miami is uh, – beginning to find their way a little late, but they're starting to find their way a little bit. And um, I think at home, they can definitely take that one. So so more chaos, guys. I, I, I'm no help at all here. No, you're not. Um, thanks, Nico. Appreciate <laughs> it. I'm, now I'm going to be sweating through these games this weekend and rooting for Cincinnati and rooting for teams I don't want to root Toronto. for. Toronto. Yeah, I don't want to root for Toronto after what we had to deal with last weekend. Oh, man. Uh I guess we'll bring you back next weekend, Nico. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, uh, I'm telling you, it's it's. I'm just no help at all. But no. I mean, you can't. Cincinnati's defense is awful. I know. I mean, Oof. it's terrible. Uh, who, man, I just. I, I really want uh, whoever 
is the scouting guy for uh, Cincinnati to give me an essay on why Cameron was a good decision Ooh. to bring to MLS. Yeah. Just just give me give me a thesis me a on why in the essay. world you spend money on Cameron. Oh, hell is real, and it's Cincinnati's defense is basically what we're saying. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, all right. Well, I know you have things to do. John has places to be. I have a call to get on as well. So it has been a chaotic overreaction Thursday. But, Nico, thanks as always for the time. Really appreciate it. We'll talk next week because we got weekend games to talk about. Then we got midweek games next week to talk about. So it will be even more ridiculous next time we speak. Yeah, absolutely. I love this playoff finish to the race. Let's go. Let's do it, man. I, I'm excited. But it, it don't get down, man. I, I'm telling you, Atlanta will be in the playoffs. Atlanta will be in the playoffs. Yeah. I, I think so, too. I, I'd like to get into that home playoff situation, but I, I think they'll be in. I'm just not sure where they finish. It's going to be... Uh... It's going to be a little frantic because there's some teams that have stepped things up a little bit around us. So we'll see how it goes. Nico, have a good week. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Take it easy. Make sure you're following him, L Rolo NW on the Twitters. Camera's frozen, so that means it's time for us to go. We will be back tonight on Twitch from Authentic Brewing in Athens. Six o'clock is when we'll be live on Twitch. More overreaction Thursday talk. Uh, there's anything we didn't get into deep enough here, please let me know. We'll get into it tonight. Any other questions uh, you guys have that come up during the day? We got Europa League, we got Conference League, we got all kinds of stuff. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of Champions League from yesterday as well tonight. Six o'clock, twitch.tv slash soccer down here, live at Authentic Brewing in Athens. Looking forward to heading over to the ATH. Thanks for hanging out with us this morning. We'll be back tomorrow in our normal time slot after we return from Athens because we're all crazy. Have a good rest of the day. Mucha platio. Mucha platio.